Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gents, excuse me, because uh, Derek Falvey, the Twins' chief baseball officer, just took the stage, and it looks like he's got a nice Star Tribune umbrella. <laughs> How about this State Fair, huh? Nice Ooh. weather today. How about this? Avoiding this is, the raindrops uh, and, and the lightning all at the same time. Trying to, uh, Were for you? sure. This is your first time at the fair? Were you out No, here? I was here oh, last year. Right. I was here last year. I'm two for two my okay. two years rain? in Minnesota. Wait, no, 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 not oh, okay. rain, but yeah. just two for two well, here. you have to be. Now that you live here, you have to. <laughs> right. Every year you got to get it. Exactly. Well, you missed the lightning. We almost got hit by lightning and died. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I was I was over uh, somewhere else and it hit, and I was being asked a question. I couldn't recall what the question was at that point. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I might die here. <laughs> right. What, what's the most? So what, since you got here, what's the most Minnesotan thing to you? This? Like, what's oh, the yeah. most thing that you have not that in all your other travels and jobs you say to yourself? I've never seen this before. This fair? So this. I mean, and, and my experience with it was last year. And my, my wife and young son came uh, the day I, you know, I said, hey, I've got a few things I've got to hit here, a few shows to hit, and why don't we see it? I, this is an incredible <laughs> event. So this, this would be it for sure. Enjoy a cookie, by the way, too. We've got a thing full of enough. We have enough of all yours. You need I more may. calories. Uh, I moved here in 2016, and this was like my first day was coming out here and broadcasting okay. here. And since I've tried to check off the boxes, it's been like a bit on the show of how many Minnesota boxes. So I went to Duluth for a weekend and you know did that sort of thing. I'm trying to merge differently now when I get <laughs> off. I don't know if you found the Minnesota driving, <laughs> which is to say it, you don't merge. No, you right? Yeah, you just move. sort of just yeah. like look at each other and wait, and then mm-hmm. miss your exit. Right. That's basically how it goes here. Right. We should talk baseball. Then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but baseball's not as much fun right now. Um, let's start with this one, because this is my this is my theory about your team. Okay. All right. 2016 without you is a disaster. I mean, it's it's that team's not that bad, but it's awful. You get here and there's an immediate turnaround, but it's a turnaround to a playoff. Mm-hmm. So that is overachieving. I think at that moment, pe- people said. Oh, it's done. The rebuild's done. Sure. You're a playoff team now. Sure. Uh, and so the regression of 2018 is very hard for people to accept. Uh, from a media point of view, I think last year, while fun for us all, was probably, in your shoes, not the greatest thing. Because I think you got here and said we need to do something gradual. Because there was a lot to be done sure. here, not, not just the on-the-field product. Is part of that at least true in the fact that it did alter expectations to effect where you have to almost pull those back now and be like, no, we're building to try and win into the future consistently? Well, I, I think we've been consistent with that all along. You know, we've talked about building a sustainable winner and going forward. And I do think, 
I, I'm never going to be. Uh, I'm never going to view it, view 2017 as anything negative. I mean, we made the playoffs. Our guys played well. Everyone came together. That's a real positive for our franchise and for the fans. But I do agree with you that maybe it set a certain level of expectation going into this year uh, around just maybe where the next step would be. And I believe this was a little bit more of a continue to invest, invest smartly, and move along. Now that doesn't mean that we didn't invest. We had real opportunity this free agent off season. Polad's, the Polad family supported us in, in going to get some free agents. Unfortunately, you know, the way these things have played out, whether it was starting with Jorge Polanco's suspension or, you know, Irvin Santana getting hurt, it's felt like this year, you know, there's been a lot of things that just haven't gone exactly the way we wanted. We still believed we were in that playoff picture. Ultimately, we had to make some difficult decisions at the deadline to focus our eyes toward the future a bit. So I, I've been looking at sort of the landscape of where you can go, and it sort of follows along the path of some other teams that have had success, like the Cubs, the Houston Astros, that have built and built and built sure. you know, through a number of years. One thing I tend to notice that all the great teams have is a catcher who is a great leader and great behind sure. the plate. Even uh, you know David Ross, he was old, but he was really a master back there. Where is that in your priority list going forward? Where do you feel like the organization stands at catcher? Well, at the end of 2016, when I got here and we talked about the importance of impacting a pitching staff through the catching position, that was our first move. You know, we, we invested in Jason Castro, and that was important. I view Jason, he might not be as, uh, as vocal, the guys, mm -hmm. as some of the ones you mentioned. You talk about smart and understanding of how to lead a pitching staff through a game. Mm -hmm. uh, that's no disrespect to guys like Bobby and Mitch and others who've come along. Just Jason's done it a lot longer. And I feel like losing him was maybe a little bit of an underrated element to some mm -hmm. things that were a bit of a challenge at the beginning of the year. And, and ultimately, I, I think we're seeing growth and development of Mitch and, and others. Uh, but I do think the catching position is critical. I think up the middle positions and developing those types of players is going to be important to our success long term. So Judd knows that I'm obsessed with Yadier Molina. And I, mm -hmm. I looked up a stat that throughout yeah. his career, the pitching staff ERA for the Cardinals is a half run lower when he's catching than the league average, which is mm -hmm. incredible that one catcher for that long with different pitchers and sure. that sort of thing. What is the biggest thing about Castro that he does when he's in there that does impact the different pitchers? I, I think that when, when you have a, a catcher who prepares and digs into the information and understands how to blend, a lot of people talk about whether or not you focus on pitcher strengths or you focus on hitter weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I don't think the answer is A or B. I think it's A and B. And I think what Yadier Molina and guys who I've been around that are really good at it, they understand when a pitcher's using his strengths against a certain hitter, even if it's strength on strength, this pitcher's strength is going to beat that hitter's strength mm -hmm. versus a time when you know you have to be a little bit more careful. Mm -hmm. And guiding a pitcher through a game, I, I, a good sign of a, a, a good catcher and a guy who's on the same page with his pitcher, you don't see a lot of shakes. Things start going pretty mm -hmm. quickly. And I think that's important to see uh, from a young catcher's growth and development. Yeah, I think Wainwright said that he never shook off. Never shook, yeah. He just did whatever he when wanted. You, when you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When right. he knows, you know. Exactly. Uh, speaking of great catchers, uh, former catcher, the question I get asked from everybody, and I'm sure you get asked sure. from everybody, I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, what's going to happen with Joe Maurer? Yep. What's the timeline for making a decision with Joe Maurer's future? You know, we, we, talked, to, we talked to Joe in the offseason about this and, and even going through spring training and just said, listen, there's a lot of season ahead of us here. You've earned the right you know, to, to, to do whatever you want in your life at this point and from this point forward. And so – Clearly, his contract's coming to an end. We know what he means to this franchise. We know what he means to this region uh, and how much he cares about every bit of that. And I, I, I have an, the utmost respect and personal admiration for Joe. So what we've said all along is let's get to the end of the year and see where things are, see where you are. He's, he went through some difficult things this year. You know, the, the recurrence of the concussion symptoms was certainly a difficult issue. Um, he's gone through some ups and downs with the team, you know, in terms of performance. I think Joe has probably earned the right to reflect on where the season has gone before 
before we we really dig into that conversation. Does that need to happen? I'm not trying to press question that sure. but sooner sure. rather than later, just for both of you. So yeah, I think there's a there in due time when the season ends. Yeah. I think you want to have a, an idea about plan moving forward. Right. He he understands that. We understand that. So I think that's an important conversation for us to have sometime in October. Got it. So I'm a first guess guy, and I did not first guess this at all. In fact, like most fans, I said it's great. But what did you learn uh, from signing a guy like Lynn and, and Morrison, who when you got them at really good rates, it seemed yeah. great. But I think what we saw in some ways was a mercenary. I didn't get what I wanted, and now I've got a contract to prove myself, and I'm really out for myself to a certain degree. What did you guys learn about uh, clubhouse chemistry and the importance of that? Uh, because I didn't see that coming either, sure. but I saw it once the season started. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I, I actually I view that a little differently because I think in, in Lance's case, he signed, he signed late and came into spring training, and we were trying to speed up you know, the development to get him ready for the regular season. That was just the reality of the timeline of signing. I don't think he was quite where he needed to be early April in terms of command and feel. And then you layer on the fact that the first two to three games he pitched in were 40 degrees or, <laughs> or below, it felt like. Sure. So it just didn't, it didn't build the right kind of momentum on the front end. Now, in, in Logan's case, I mean, recently went through a surgery for his hip, mm-hmm. something that we think he probably had been dealing with for a good chunk of the year. So I, I don't attribute all of that to the cultural element. I do agree with you, Judd, that I think there's an opportunity for us to learn from how do we create our culture around making sure that everyone's focused on the the team and the goals of the team? Right. And I think they're you know a mix of we had some free agents that were that were on our team and becoming free agents. We had some guys that came in from a difficult off season. The blending of that is 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 a challenge. But these guys all worked hard and put themselves in a position to try and put themselves you know in a place where they were helping the Twins win. I think we had a lot of other things go in the wrong direction that may have taken us down a bad path. Is Byron Buxton coming up on September first? And if, if so. Where in your mind is is he at both physically and mentally at the plate? I think the important question to answer is that right. It, it, it's we've talked all along. Byron's had a difficult year. There's no way around that. He's had, um, you know, he started off a little bit slow. Then he has the migraines. He breaks his toe on a rehab assignment. He goes back out. Seems to be on a good path. Tracking well. Hurts his wrist. Right now he's playing in AAA. Um, he's he's every other day playing because we're trying to manage the way his wrist feels. Our goal all along with Byron is going to be health. It's going to be health and long-term performance. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Everything else is secondary to us. So we're going to take this day-to-day at this point or in, in few-day chunks. He's going to play a few consecutive games here to see how the wrist feels and, and test that a little bit. And then as we get closer to September, we'll make those decisions. So I want to ask you about uh, Kyle Gibson. Sure. Um, there was a moment last year where Paul Molitor came out himself and got in Kyle Gibson's face and then after that Gibson threw like nine straight hard fastballs and it seemed to me like something sort of changed there in his approach maybe uh I'm curious about what changed from Gibson from when you first got here to now and what that says about his future you know Gibby's somebody who uh for all of everyone who's been around him he's a great great person you know cares about the team wants to grow wants to develop open-minded and a learner and last year during the course of the season um, he, he went through some ups and downs, and one of the things that we approached him about at the midway point, uh, or around the midway point when we had sent him down to the minor leagues, was with some information around how he was using his stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you mentioned the f- number of fastballs straight. Mm-hmm. We actually went a little bit in the opposite direction where using his slider was mm. going to be more important in terms of how he ap- attacked hitters, but not using his slider to maybe just get off the edge of the plate or, mm-hmm. or, or feather his fastball to his arm side. What we tried to get him to do was realize when he got ahead in the count and when he attacked the zone and then when he ripped off that slider, good things happened. Right. He's got good stuff. 
trust it. Make sure you go know how to build off of that. And he went and did that. He's done that now for a full year. It's been great to see. He strikes guys out with strikes now, as yes. opposed to throwing in the dirt and trying to strike guys out because major leaguers aren't going to swing at it. Well, he's good enough stuff, and, he, and now he know, and now he trusts that. He mm-hmm. knew that all along. I mean, Kyle's, Kyle knows his stuff, but I think now he trusts that he can get those outs, and that's a big step in a young pitcher's development and, and progression. Mm-hmm. You happy with what you've seen from Miguel Sano since he came back from Fort Myers? I have. That, you know, we all talked about it. That was a difficult decision and, and an important one. I think that you have to set certain criteria around what, what, why are you making certain decisions. So oftentimes when a guy's struggling, it's send him back to AAA and have him get 20 to 30 at-bats there, see if he figures it out. This, in our minds, was a much bigger plan, a more holistic plan around strength and conditioning and putting his body in a good place. And sending him down to Florida was the best place for him to do all of that work. Uh, for those who have seen him up close, like he's he put his body in a better position. He's moving better. Uh, I think there's more work to be done, and that's going to be part of our offseason plan with him. But I, I, I am happy with what he's done. Which improved more, going kind of back to the Buxton question, approach mental or mechanical, visible on the diamond? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think they're probably related, right? Yeah. I think when he was struggling mentally and he was struggling physically, the combination was difficult. I think putting himself in a better place physically allowed him to realize, okay, this is the way my body's supposed to feel. This is how my swing's supposed to feel. Uh, I've got the power in my legs that I needed, which, I mean, to, to Byron, I'm sorry, to Miguel's challenge was when he had the surgery this offseason, he couldn't have a normal offseason. Yeah. He had to rehab. So we just had to make sure that that was part of the plan in the summer. Last thing, yeah, the Judd plan for Sano. Oh, okay. All right? I realize it might violate some rules, but I really don't care. <laughs> he doesn't care about that part. I don't care about the PA <laughs> right now. Judd's a big money under the table guy. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I'm not paying him. But no, just in some instances, not is he go- specifically. Is, the Judd plan would be, Miguel, you can go home for a week. God bless you. Go see your family. But you gotta, you gotta play some baseball in the winter, and more importantly, you gotta be in the fort working out. Yep. Is there a plan? Because I mean, and it's and these these guys are kids. I get that. Yep. But is there a plan to try and keep him ar- around? Because yeah. cl- clearly, the the come to Jesus move in June sent a strong message, but it was the message that he probably needs to start on. In, in the winter as well. Yeah, so to answer that, we are working actively with him on an off-season program and plan, uh, and a lot of that will involve being in Fort Myers. He wants that. He, he wants okay. to continue to develop that. Now, the reality is, uh, the, to get back to your rules question, you can't mandate any type of attendance of anything uh, in an off-season for a guy that's in the Players Association. That's so a CBA thing. That's a CBA thing. So you don't you, you can't mandate. It's not like the NFL where you have mini camps I'd like to work out. I'm with you. I find a fault here. All right, you and I are going into the next negotiation. <laughs> All right, let's figure that out. Yep. So, I think that you know that's that's real, but I do think that players, when they understand why you want them to do the work they're doing, yep. and the ability to connect with them, and be smart about you know downtime and when's good time, and going back and seeing family. We have a great facility in the Dominican. We have a great facility in Fort Myers. Yep. We can utilize both. There's no reason not to. So that's not just for Miguel. That's for all of our players, and we're going to do that again. Third base still for him. Yes, he, ideally he stays there. Ideally, I mean, we've said all along we think he's got the skills to play there, no okay. question. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that if we find the right opportunities with our club, that there isn't some open open uh, conversation around moving him. Thank you, sir. Of course, we have some Twins Appreciate fans it. out we here, will. right? Yeah. Twins fans, uh, yes. We we're going to the PA. Come to the game tonight. We're going to t- to the PA, and we're going to get this. Re- you pay these guys far too much to lose complete control. <laughs> That's all I got got to say. Thanks, I'm gonna, Derek. I'm going to let you go back to MLB. Yeah, thank you one. very much, Derek Falvey, the uh, chief baseball officer of the Twins.